best marketers sell a story and the best storyteller wins the customer and the best stories are your customer stories. I'm going to give you the planner to create the perfect video case story for your business, just like we've done with all of our clients here at Authentic Web. Just go to iingarlic.com slash plan or click on the podcast image to get to the show notes and there'll be a link. There you can download the perfect video case study planner, the same one we use at Authentic Web to create incredible dynamic video case stories and video case story interviews. In a world full of boring stories, bad videos, and marketing misinformation, one very tall man with a weird last name will use his microphone. Is this thing on? Use his video marketing knowledge. It's the red button, right? And use his friends. Please be on the show. To change that. You are listening to The Garlic Marketing Show with Ian. What? No, that's how you pronounce it. Well, if you say so, your host, Ian Garlic. On this episode of The Garlic Marketing Show, we're going to talk to the CMO and co-founder of TimeDoctor.com and Staff.com, AI uh, time-tracking software to help gauge productivity of remote workers. So important for marketers these days because you're not going to be able to have almost everyone in-house and allow you, as he talks about, to expand your possibilities of hiring when you have a tool like this. We talk about how they use it, some of the stories that have been successful for them, how other people are using it. Um, the Moving from being an entrepreneur to a CMO, of a hundred plus person company, the challenges in that, his ultimate formulas for driving traffic, he gives a really incredible synopsis of developing an SEO strategy that will work for the next six to 12 months. Plus we talk about YouTube and how their algorithms just all about content and quality content now, and you can't game the system. And the simple way that they do product testing the mistakes that they've made and the mistakes they've learned from and the fastest way to iterate on your products. It's chock full of great information. So let's get to it. Uh, welcome to the Garlic Marketing Show. I am Garlic here and we've got another awesome, awesome guest. I actually involved in two really cool companies. Uh, awesome background. You can Google his background, but here's the thing. Liam Martin, if you look it up, he's actually... Not the Liam Martin recreating Instagram posts. He is the founder <laughs> of Time Doctor and Staff.com. Uh, Liam, thanks for being on the show. Thanks for having me. Awesome. You know, um, so let's really quickly just describe the two Time Doctor and Staff.com. Sure. So nutshell. basically, uh, what we do is Time Doctor and Staff.com focus on analytics for remote teams. So if you want to know what your remote team is doing, our technology can basically tell you what websites they're on and what applications they're looking at. And that's one side of it. But then more specifically, you can really analyze how productively you're getting things done. So as an example, right now, I have an interview with Ian Garlic. 
and it and it's been running for four minutes at this point and a couple seconds. And at the end of this podcast, I'll be able to analyze that with all the other podcasts that I do and figure out how efficiently I complete that task. Um, so that's fundamentally what we do as a company. And we've been running for about five or six years kind of implementing that solution um, in as many places as we can. Wow. I mean, that right away just brings up so many questions for me. I have a thousand questions and hopefully they're not the usual questions. Um, uh, so first of all, you, you know, you, you have an entrepreneurial background, correct? Yep. Yeah. So, I mean, you founded this company, but you're listed and I look at you and you're the CMO and like myself, I'm the CEO, but like really I mean, my main job is marketing. Um, but you, you've kind of embraced that. How did that decision come about? So I have a co-founder as well. Uh, and his name's Rob, and he's the CEO. And the okay. reason why he's really the CEO of the company and why I'm not, and he might actually differ in this opinion, is because I'm not the type of person to be the CEO of this type of company, right? So yeah. I think at the end of the day, you have to really figure out what are you good at and what are you really good at and what are you not so good at? Um, I don't know about you, but... Well, I'm not very good at um, listening to people's problems. That's not what I'm really good at. I usually have a pretty short fuse. I tell people to, you know, I don't really care what's happened throughout your day. I'm coming here to work. Uh, I'm not a very good people person. And that is something that does not really um, play very well for being the chief economic officer of a corporation. Uh, you need to be able to listen to people. You need to be able to talk to them. Um, you need to be able to rally the troops. You need to be able to not tell people necessarily the truth. I'm always very truthful of the way that I communicate. You know, hey, you guys have all screwed up. Um, someone's getting fired, that, like as an example. Or, hey, you know what? This quarter didn't go do very well. We here was my target, and here's where here's where we were at, and we didn't meet our target, and I'm not happy. The CEO of a company kind of has to communicate that stuff differently, and uh, that's probably not me. I think the company would have a very different culture if I was the CEO of it. Interesting. That's that's really cool. It's it's, it's a great um, introspection. So, but now you say you say you're not a people person. But I mean, marketing is people, right? And understanding people. Yeah, sure. Um, I'm fundamentally a statistician. Like that's probably, I think there's kind of two schools of marketing. Mm -hmm. There's like the old school, know it from your gut type of marketer, right? The guy that's just like, I know how to write copy because I know how to speak to someone emotionally. Mm -hmm. And then there's another type of marketer, which is I'm going to do multivariate testing to be able to figure out what the optimal, you know, website is to be able to convert the customer. So you need to be able to have both of those. But I think you kind of are either, you're either in one camp or the other, but you've got to know both. And I'd say I'm much more in the statistical camp rather than the um, understanding your customer camp. And I actually look at it from all my backgrounds in sociology and econometrics and statistics. So that really does give me that good gap to kind of look at an individual, try to figure out what their pain points are. But then how can I extrapolate that to um, an end that's large enough where I could actually make money off of not just that one person's problem, but is there a group of people that are big enough that we could really run a business off of it? That, yeah. That, I mean, and I actually, I come from an economics and psychology background. I was like psychology, economics. I was actually a math major to start out. So definitely get it there. 
Um, mm-hmm. And I, you know, it's it, it is interesting because so many people think of marketing, and I agree with you, as this kind of fuzzy, like voodoo thing. But it is multivariate testing, testing things, get it out. I was just talking to someone about websites today. It's like, we're going to build the website. We're not going to have 8,000 discussions about what color you like. We're going to figure out what color works, right? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, which, you know, for I'm the same way. I'm like, I don't want to talk about this stuff. Yeah. I'm going to figure out what really works. Because your right. opinion and my opinion don't matter. It's what sells. Yes. Um, so... I mean, have you ever had to have client discussions or is that what you like about being a CMO is that you're just completely in control, for the most part, completely in control of it? Generally, my goal is to be able to drive traffic. That's realistically what my modus operandi is. It's not to be able to hold the business together. It's not to be able to make people feel happy about their jobs. Um, We have people that are hired that do all of those things. So my job is to be able to get traffic in the door and secondarily do a little bit of optimization on our part. So um, I think you need to really kind of If you're looking at kind of where you fit in terms of an executive team, I think you need to know, as I said before, where your strengths are and where your weaknesses are. But then also, too, on top of that, um, figure out what you're extraordinary at and try to really focus on only that singular thing. So don't be doing HR. Don't be doing, um, you know, P&L reports, all that kind of stuff. Focus on what you're really good at, which is, for me at least, driving traffic. That's great. So... Driving traffic, uh, what types of traffic are you finding are working right now for staff.com and for time.com? So primary, I, a lot of people ask me that question, and I think you kind of want to divide it into two separate categories, um, seed traffic and then where you're actually getting your conversions from. So the majority of our conversions come from referrals. But that's not, if I were to tell you, oh, well, where the majority of our traffic comes from referrals, that's a really stupid thing to say to somebody that doesn't have any customers. Because you can only get customers from referrals, right? Mm -hmm. So if you can only get customers from referrals, where do you start? Well, at the very beginning of Time Doctor, I'll tell you what we did, which were like, you know, if anyone just wants to start from zero, um, we started blogging and then we started you know, doing forum posting and posting blog comments. And that was six, this was six years ago when all that stuff worked. Well, that got us our first collection of customers. And then we just achieved escape velocity because of the engineering behind a SaaS product. It's kind of, once you build an AK coefficient and you have a virality factor connected to it, you really then your customer base is what's going to generate more customers in the future. And then marketing just expands that funnel a little bit more. So, um, from that perspective, I would tell anybody right now that's just kind of starting out, everyone talks about how SEO doesn't work. It totally works. Uh, <laughs> you know, write a, write a 3,500-word blog post that's ace content that's better than anything else on the Internet, target really good keywords, and do that every two days for a year, and you'll solve all your problems. That's a great formula. It's a scary formula, though. That's a lot of writing. It's very difficult for people to kind of, you know, say, well, that's going to, you know, I'm going to be working 60 hours a week. Yes, that, that's true. You will be. 
And by the way, you also need to be able, it needs to be good enough that people will actually say, oh, this is legit and I'm going to link to it. Yeah. As opposed to it being bullshit where, you know, if you just write stuff to hand it in, like, uh, you know, if it's the end of, uh, if it's the end of the, of the school year and you got to, you got to throw in your end of the year essay and you just write something down the Sunday before and hand it in Monday morning, that's not going to get you backlinks. People don't want to read that stuff. The way that we're actually measured, my writing team is measured by time on site and engagement. It's not by back. It's not by how much traffic they generate because what we really want is uh, to be able to get that engagement. And that's actually something that Google really now understands perfectly as well. A major part of their algorithm now is how long do you spend on the website? Uh, do you bounce back and do you go back to the SERPs? YouTube now, their entire algorithm is now focused on time on site. They don't care about comments. They don't care about upvotes. It's just how long do you spend watching um, my content on YouTube? If I, if you spend more than anyone else, then I'm going to put you everywhere on the internet. Yes. So that's really, you can't game the system anymore. Just write really good content and don't stop. Um, and, and like, and maybe you're not good enough to do that. And that's something that I think you'll just come to that conclusion within about six months. <laughs> uh, <laughs> if you do that every two days. Um, so that's what, that's what we currently do now. And also too, if, you know, if you can't do it yourself, you can always hire it hire out that capacity. We have tons of contract writers that write out a whole bunch of pieces. And then for every contract writer, we have about two to three link builders that go out and kind of communicate our content to other people. So if a blog post is going to go live, usually we email about 500 people for every blog post that goes live and not just a, Hey, my blog post went live, but, um, a, Hey, I linked to you in this post. Um, we'd love it if, you know, you linked back or we'd love it if you just posted on Facebook or we wrote a post that we think is 10 times better than the current post that you're linking to. You should post us on this page as well. That kind of thing. People that when you do your homework, a lot of bloggers, you just kind of email, like I've got at least 90 emails today from people asking me on the fourth or fifth email sequence saying, Hey, we'd love it if you could, you know, write a, link to our article on remote teams as an example that really doesn't work what you need to do is hey i just posted uh the thing that you just had on our facebook group to 300,000 people just straight up you know and i'd love it if you took a look at what we're currently doing that's the best way to be able to put your foot forward and that really requires a lot of work um so you need to, again, write those 3,500 words every two days. But then on top of that, you need to be able to reach out to those people and actually tell them, hey, I'm writing really good stuff. Um, you should come and take a look. And they might not link to the first one, but on the fifth or sixth one, they'll either say, leave me alone or, okay, I'll give you a link. Oh, that's, I mean, that's content marketing in like three-minute nutshell that was rocked. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> I'm going to charge $3,000 for that. Um, <laughs> uh, so, you know, one of the things you talked about right there were the metrics that you, you put on your writers, you put on your link builders. But at the beginning, we talked about efficiency and efficiency of your contractors uh, based on time. Uh, does, does your software bring that together? Is that a manual thing? How do you guys figure out what real efficiency is when you're thinking of metrics? 
it's generally driven through the software. Um, and that's correlated, that's connected to all of our project management, task management systems. So we integrate with like 40 different project and task management systems. So if you want to push all your Asana tasks into Time Doctor or your Basecamp tasks into a Time Doctor, you can do that. And I could say, okay, uh, like the Google Calendar invite is integrated inside of Time Doctor. So when I got this invite, I can just click on that calendar invite inside of Time Doctor and track that event inside of, of Time Doctor. So that's how we measure everything. And for us, we have some core tasks that every job title connects to. So like link building, which would be, okay, I'm doing my outreach. Well, how long did it take you to do the outreach per day? How, what percentage of your time are you spending on outreach? And then we can also use other variables like machine learning and all these other kinds of things that are just popping up to be able to figure out, well, what does the, that ideal worker look like? And we can start to kind of paint a picture of, um, let's say you've been working with us for two weeks. We can really project from there whether you're going to be in the top 10th percentile of our team or the bottom 10th percentile of our team just by using our software and having the software analyze how efficient you are as a worker. That's pretty amazing. That's, that's exciting. So I, I get all excited. I, you know, I'd love this kind of stuff. I love project management, planning it out, being OC efficiency. We've been working on it since day one in our systems. Um, if anything, we have too many systems, as everyone says at our company. But, you know, at what point do people, uh, you know, the prom, where is the promise of Time Doctor? Where do people ask for things that really are way out of the realm of capabilities or are people just not using? the software enough and how do you bring that together so that's an interesting problem which is there are some features that we really want to build but then we build them and customers don't use them we actually so we originally built a project management system into time doctor and um we spent a lot of money building it out we said hey use it <laughs> and no one would use it we just threw it up there no one used it then we started emailing people saying, hey, you know, you should use the project management feature that we have with Time Doctor. No one would use it. Then I started calling up customers saying, hey, you know, you should probably like, what's up? You, project management system. You should use a project management system. Oh, well, we already use Basecamp. Okay, but you pay for Basecamp and you pay for Time Doctor. And this project management module is free inside of Time Doctor. Well, we like Basecamp. And it's like, all right, I understand where we're at. And we actually ended up killing that feature completely because we realized that it was better for us to be able to work with task and project management systems than it was to bite the hand that fed us. Um, even though we actually thought that our project management system worked a lot better inside of what we were doing as a business, we realized that it's just too difficult to be able to go after that type of market. And then more specifically, customers didn't like it as much, right? Like the amount of iteration that you have to be able to do to be able to get that type of a space is, is massive. And even then, you only arc out a small little niche. So there's a lot of things that we want to build inside of the company that we just can't, we can't, we don't have the resources or time, or we'll even have customers that'll say, you know what, I'll pay you, you know, a million dollars to be able to build X, we really have to figure out, are we actually going to make another dollar past the initial deployment? Mm -hmm. Like if it doesn't serve the larger user base of the company, then we shouldn't do it because it's really important. Um, I feel like 
entrepreneurship isn't about what you should build, but it's what you shouldn't build, like mm-hmm. what you should say no to. And keeping that focus is just so difficult because when you have a whole bunch of developers, you can do a bunch of cool things. You just want to do something and then all of a sudden it's three months later and you've spent a couple extra million dollars and you've got a whole bunch of products that really don't serve your core customer. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I think you made a very, very good point there. And it's not just in product development, but it's in marketing too. Just because you can do something, you shouldn't do it. It doesn't mean you should do it, you know, and, and, and I see that all the time. You know, people come to us at, at the agency and they're like, well, I saw this thing and, and, you know, my competition is doing it and they're really successful. I'm like, well, A, that doesn't, that's not causal, that's correlation, so mm-hmm. like, right? Totally. <laughs> uh, just because, you know, the guy wins that race running Nikes doesn't mean it's the Nikes made him win. Uh, but it, yeah, I think that's a great, great factor. So, and when it comes to your marketing, you obviously know a ton and, and, and you know everything that's out there. I've got, I'm sure you've got your pulse on it and your pulse on driving traffic. What, what's the litmus test to say, let's try this out? Uh, I sent a survey out to customers, to our existing customer group. And this doesn't work for people who don't have customers, but this is the way that I do it. Yeah. And I asked them, hey, you know, we're thinking about coming out with this new feature. Who wants to pre-buy it? That's it. Are you ready to pay me money now for what I'm going to build in the future? Do you want it that much that you're actually going to pay me for the theory, <laughs> for, the, for, for the chance that I might build this out in the future? And if people pay me, then like, let's go. If no one pays me, why? Then you yeah. ask why, right? So like as an example – we, when we first started the business, I was like, hey, you know, I know that you've got this problem and you need to be able to manage your staff properly and we've built this new thing called Time Doctor. Uh, do you want to, you know, are you interested? Oh, yeah, this is awesome. And these are friends of mine. Yeah, this is awesome. We should, we, this looks super cool. It's $10 per user per month. Oh, okay. Well, maybe you could just email it to me or something. <laughs> Why that like, is there anything I didn't get? Did you guys not figure that out? And then you get to the resistance points, right? Like to get as quickly to resistance as humanly possible is this fastest way to be able to iterate because people will say, oh, well, you know, I don't want to be installing a piece of software that tracks what people are doing. Okay, well, is it an issue that you feel like it's a big brother type application? Yes. Okay, well, here's how I'm going to solve that problem. It's really about productivity and we go down the productivity route like I have answers to all of those questions now because you want to be able to and if you just kind of if you just lay off and don't really focus on those pain points then um, you never really figure out whether or not people want it and you'll never be able to actually get in on the thing that's really important I'll give you a perfect example which is kind of counterproductive to (laughs) what we're currently doing Um, but we have this huge database we have arguably the largest database on planet Earth of second-by-second website and application work data, right? So we have this massive database of 100,000 people that we measure every second of their workday. So one of the data analysts comes in and says, well, you know, I've just been playing around with the data set, and this guy has, it's all anonymized data to them. Um, actually everybody's data is anonymized. You have to actually unlock the data for us if you want us to do something specific with your uh, data set. But he's like, well, 
I was playing around with the data, and I think I can predict the spot price of cryptocurrencies six hours ahead of time because people are looking and trading with like I can see why what they're what articles they're reading about cryptocurrency and I can see which cryptocurrencies are going to go up or down in price and all this kind of stuff and I was like okay that's pretty cool that you were able to do that on your on your weekend um but and and then everyone was like well shit let's do this like this will be awesome this is like we have a time machine we can go forward in time for six hours we know what's going to happen six hours beforehand and um, so we analyzed it a little bit further, and then we realized the amount of time and resources and energy that we would need to put into this would be probably millions of dollars. And we could theoretically do that and probably produce tens of millions of, uh, you know, of dollars for ourselves within about six months. But it would probably be – well, it doesn't serve the core customer, right? So we would be pulling all of our resources off of developing the product that – we're, we're designed, you know, we're, we're focusing on supplying a product to, um, to remote businesses and making that product as good as humanly possible. Our mission statement as a company is we want to empower workers to work wherever they want, whenever they want. So if that doesn't connect to your mission statement, you know, crypt- predicting cryptocurrencies doesn't connect to working wherever you want, whenever you want. So we killed the project within about a month um, because we realized that it was just the wrong direction to go kind of going back to your point of choosing what not to do is that's, more important yeah. and, than choosing, I mean, choosing what to do. And that's, I mean, that's a super tempting thing too. Like super I, tempting. I, like, it, yeah. No joke. It was like, <laughs> maybe we should do this. But then yeah. in another context, we're thinking to ourselves, stay focused. Like you're going to achieve success. It, well, we are, we already are a very successful business, but then like stay on the path. You can see the data. You can see the trend line. Stay on the path. Doesn't matter. There's another thing that might come by that's a billion dollar opportunity, and that's great. And maybe you can investigate it. But if it costs you your entire nut to be able to play on that on that level, wait, wait another year, wait two more years. The technology will always be there. We have the biggest database in the world, so we can keep waiting. <laughs> and, and when we want to, you know, we can deploy something like that. Probably going to give someone an idea. Yeah. Let's listen to your podcast right now. But anyways, <laughs> that, that's the kind of thing that I think is, um, it's super important to stay focused. Yes. And it, it, it but it, it's, I mean, entrepreneurs by nature are just not focused people. <laughs> totally. Which um, is why it's really important. I actually have one, which is, um, uh, I was thinking of getting this tattooed right here on my hand, which is like, stay focused. So as I'm typing, literally, I'll always see it on the top of my hand, stay focused, because it's one of those things that's just a daily grind. But if you can keep doing it, um, most most successful people have been able to keep that focus, and they're able to really get to that next level because they're not getting distracted by the shiny things. So you know switching from entrepreneur to to a cmo besides focus what are your big challenges what are your challenges as a cmo um in 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 that shift because you know i talk to a lot of entrepreneurs and i talk to cmos but very rarely are they the same you know is it is it like what you did entrepreneur becomes cmo it's usually a cmo who's always worked as a cmo or an entrepreneur is always the entrepreneur What's, yep. What are your challenges in there, and what were the, some of the unforeseen things that you saw hap- what happened? So, I mean, I think 
I kind of always, I, I, CMO was probably the best box to put me inside of, um, to put like a label on me. But fundamentally, it's just I'm trying to drive traffic and then figure out how to optimize that traffic as much as possible. And the, the label that I wear is quite useful to be able to make sure that I'm pushing back on that so that I'm always staying focused on my core responsibilities, which is not doing, you know, a cryptocurrency prediction <laughs> algorithm, as an example, even though that's super exciting and I really want to do it. Um, I want to do it's it now. <laughs> like, Right. But it's like, but you need to stay on your quarterly growth targets, right? So what does that mean? Okay, that means that you keep your shit together. You keep writing your blog post. You keep... Um, you, uh, we're starting a new social media department inside of the company. I've never really understood social media. I think it's kind of stupid, but like, I've, but that's also why I've hired someone <laughs> to be able to run that department because I'm not passionate about it. And then I get reports from them. So the biggest problem for me switching from entrepreneur to executive has been the inability to do things or the, in, or the ability or the reality that doing things actually is counterproductive when you're an executive. You have to tell other people to do those things. So you can't do them yourself. So like I can't jump in and um, there was a, we just redirected a large part of our support portal as an example over to uh, from support.timedoctor.com to timedoctor.com slash help. <laughs> not to get too nitty gritty on it, but I just got this report today from someone on the support team. And I said, well, did you talk to the guys on the marketing team and the SEO team? Because they need to be able to monitor whether or not all those 301s take root. And a 301 is where you just redirect one website to another and you make sure that Google knows that that page is now that page. And if you don't do that properly, all of those pages get de-indexed from the internet and you lose months and months and months of work. Well, if it was the entrepreneurium, entrepreneurium would be the one that's monitoring, monitoring that. But instead, it's the CMOium which assigns that to my director of search instead. So that's kind of the big differentiator is trying being an executive is like <laughs> it uh, yeah. is, is not as exciting as being an entrepreneur, unfortunately. But um, for the company to kind of get to the next level, you have to learn that skill, particularly if you're if you're past 100 headcount. Um, it's super important because then you're no longer like a tribe of people. You're an actual small village and you need to be able to really make sure that you're managing that village. You're kind of like a mayor. Yeah. To a degree. Yeah. That, that's interesting. And yeah, that's, that's a big switch and that's a tough switch too, because it's just hard not to pick up and just do stuff. I'll, I'll be honest with you. I haven't really like made it all the way to the other side. Um, like there's lots of times where I don't figure that out and I, I have a coach right now every two weeks we meet and that's literally the conversation, which is, well, you did all these things, but shouldn't someone else have done those things? You know, shouldn't, isn't the other guy that you have is much smarter than you at this? Yeah, but you know, he was busy or yeah, but yeah, you know, but. and I've got all these <laughs> explanations and he's like, dude, you're not like, you're not going to get to where you need to go. If these were the targets that you want to hit you can't do all these things on your, on your own and you're actually a disservice to the company if you keep doing them. That's the problem between being an entrepreneur and executive, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. That's, and it's great that you got a coach. So many people refuse to get that coach and it, it's so, so important. Um, so I've got two questions. Uh, 
you know, I talk, we talk, we do a lot of video case story marketing. That's probably one of our core services. I talk a lot about it. Um, how are you, what's your favorite customer story? And also then how are you using video? Because, you know, I think this all incorporates into the referral aspect of it. And this is kind of a generalized question. And then I, I, I yeah. It, so are, because I don't see a lot of video, but are you guys using video at all? And so not much because we're not very good in front of video. Okay. Um, to be completely honest with you, we test marketed that. I used to, I was an old school YouTube guy. I was um, way, way back in the day, I managed one of the top YouTube channels. They had about eight or nine million subscribers and I was managing all of their ad sales. And uh, that was a very interesting time. It was right before Maker Studios and Disney and all these other companies got into YouTube. And now um, I'm, I actually, so ironically enough, uh, my girlfriend of the last four to five years, she runs a YouTube channel. And we're finding massive success with that. She's getting about a, more than a million hits a month on our YouTube channel. Wow. And literally it is, you just really, to me at least, you've got to have a face for video. Um, <laughs> Cause if you don't have that type of, you know, it's, it's a lot easier to be, she runs a mermaid school. Uh, so she has, a, she teaches girls how to swim in a pool with a mermaid tail. Oh, on. awesome. And she has about a dozen locations throughout North America, but the way that she gets, she sells mermaid tails is through her YouTube videos. So she does YouTube instruction videos. And then again, since this being a marketing podcast, I can go a little deep on this. She retargets, you can now retarget YouTube views. Yeah. So you can retarget them for the, for the Facebook, uh, for the mermaid tails. Yeah. And that's the entire model. Um, it's literally that easy. You know, if a 12 year old girl watches four of your YouTube videos, she's buying a mermaid tail from you. She may not know it yet, but she's going to over the next 30 to 60 days. That's awesome. So that's the, you know, but you need someone who actually can communicate to a customer. You know, they want to come back. They want to subscribe to the YouTube channel. And that's really the core piece of what you need for us. We're not, we're not as good at that. Um, and then with regards to your customer story, I mean, for us, it's just really, it's kind of focusing on the weird stuff. Um, we have a, we have a lot of different customers from a lot of different places all over the world. I think probably the, the biggest ones for us is just the weird little projects that will end up popping up all over the planet and empowering these people to be able to work wherever they want, whenever they want. So as an example, um, we have an office in uh, Bali, in Ubud, Bali, which is like, uh, if anyone's been to Bali before, it's kind of a remote work paradise. And we have a lot, we have one guy and he's like a weird quasi shaman dude. He does yoga four times a day, tattoos all over his body and he does marketing for us. And he wouldn't have been able to get a job anywhere else unless he was able to like work remotely because he just fundamentally can't work in an office <laughs> and we take advantage of those types of workers. So those are the types of kind of customer stories, even though it's more of an employee of ours. Um, those are the types of stories that we have. Uh, we have a couple others that I don't know whether or not I should release. We have one guy that makes coffee for one of the largest corporations in the world and one of the best designers in the world. And he uses time doctor to be able to manage his time and in, in making coffee for this guy. So there's a guy that uses Time Doctor 
and all that he does is makes coffees for one other individual. Such a weird dude, like such a weird job. I entered, like I talked to him and it's a, it's a massive corporation and he's one of, like you probably are using one of the things that this guy's designed right now. And such a weird story, yeah, but like that's the use case that's being used. So I, th- there, there's tons of those different stories all over the world. Um, yeah. And those are the ones that I kind of like to jump into and figure out how are you using, we just recently, uh, Firehouse Subs is a customer of ours. They use the software one week a year. We actually emailed them and said like, so you guys are paying an entire year of service, but why are you only using it for one week? And they had a very interesting explanation as to why they use it for this one week per year, which was this vacation period that a couple that a group of employees inside of Firehouse Subs uses, and they want to be able to work remotely, so they use Time Doctor to be able to do it. And I said, you know that you can turn this off like 11 months out of the year, right? <laughs> they didn't care because they're a large corporate company, but yeah. they, you know that's the kind of stuff that I just find very interesting. Um, it is, it, that's fun. It, it's cool. I mean, but it's the i mean literally it's the most important subject in our lives right it's time sure. yep oh yeah well i mean the other thing too is you probably have a pnl for your business no one has a pnl for their time that's what we do is we provide you profit and loss statement for where did all your time go and where did you put it you know into what and you can't save time it's not one of those things that you can stockpile so for us it's a very uh, it's a very precious resource and we try to make sure that People are not wasting it. Super, uh, it's super cool. Um, this has been awesome. I know you got to go. I have one last like silly question, and you've probably been asked this before. But I'm a Doctor Who fan. Do you get a lot of Doctor Who fans like mistakenly like emailing you guys? <laughs> so it's interesting. We have a lot of uh, so Doctor Who is it, it's it's definitely inside of our SEO. So you know we'll have we'll have Time Doctor and then Time Doctor Who. And uh, there's all of those keywords that kind of mumbled together. So it is one of those things that, that we deal with on a daily basis. But, I mean, most people have kind of figured it out at this point. <laughs> Maybe we get a little bit of business from that. I don't know. Maybe there's some Doctor Who fans that end up using our software, too. Uh, I nice. will. Uh, I, I'm yeah, going to be using go. it. So <laughs> Awesome. Awesome. Liam Martin, thank you so much. Uh, at staff.com, timedoctor.com. Check it out. I mean, it really... You know, we've talked before about outsourcing some of your marketing. We've talked before about using it. This is a great way to get a hold of it. And uh, I'd love it. And thank you so much for being on the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. And thank you all for listening to the Garlic Marketing Show. It's been Ian Garlic and Liam Martin. And thanks for taking us on your journey. That's it for the Garlic Marketing Show. If you want to get the inside scoop and the latest techniques, make sure to follow Ian Garlic on Facebook. Facebook. 